Justin Faust State Farm Agency is a proud sponsor of the Earl Time Podcast. Like a good neighbor, the Justin Faust Agency is there to help you and your family with all your insurance needs. They're there to make sure life goes right. Protect your house with Faust. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Earl Time Podcast. This is Earl Austin Jr. here, and uh, of course, we're at episode number 15 here, and of course, we're in mid-February, and we're coming down the home stretch of what's been a great high school basketball season around the state of Missouri, but it's going to be more exciting because postseason basketball is upon us. Of course, this is the last weekend of the regular season for small schools, and they'll be starting district play next week, and uh, of course, we'll be bringing you a lot of those previews will preview some of these districts and then of course this is the upcoming last weekend of the regular season next week for big schools and of course they'll follow suit with postseason play so looking forward to a very exciting february and of course into march madness here on the earl time podcast as we said we're talking hoops around the state of missouri and uh, before we do anything we'd like to of course thank our sponsors for this uh, episode and all our shows of course justin faust of state farm insurance out of st charles missouri Log Hill Properties out of Columbia and of course TW Constructors of course Todd Weaver thank you very much for all of you support of the Earl Time Podcast and of course we'd like to thank our very young and talented producer Richard Austin Jr. Of course Richard does a great job has his own YouTube channel he goes by King Bling if you get a chance check out his uh, channel if you like the games a very entertaining engaging young man who just really does a great job of course he's got over 8,000 getting close to 9,000 subscribers but always could use more so thank you very much Richard for your expertise and uh, doing a great job producing as we said we're gonna talk about uh, district basketball we're gonna pick out some of the top class one two and three boys and girls districts to look at before we do that of course we'll talk about some of the a few of the top small school tournaments which I had to watch a couple of big showdowns as well and then of course we'll uh, just kind of wrap it all up as well before we start anything though we're going to uh, congratulate Incarnate Word Academy and Coach Dan Rolfes for uh, a very special achievement. Of course, they defeated Ursuline Academy uh, on Thursday night, and it was the 124th consecutive victory for Incarnate Word Academy, which has become the new state record. Uh, tremendous achievement. Of course, a lot of state championships along the way. They've uh, played a national and uh, regional schedule, of course, and of course, they've played the best in the state. So, uh, uh, no small feat as well. And congratulations to the last record holders as well. Strafford High School out of Southwest Missouri. They held the record with 123 wins and they ran off five consecutive state championships along the way too as well. So uh, it was a phenomenal run for Strafford High School. And uh, of course, Incarnate Word Academy passed them last night or two nights ago as well. So a phenomenal uh, of run by Coach Rolfus and uh, Incarnate Word Academy. Along the way, they've been ranked as high as number one in the country and in some national polls for high school girls basketball. Of course, we've seen some great players uh, during that streak. Samaya Tyler, who's now at the Kentucky University. Natalie Potts, who's become one of the top freshmen in the country at Nebraska. Brooke Coffey's doing good things at uh, Illinois State University. Uh, just a tremendous uh, run of talent as well. Uh, it's been a lot of fun watching them uh, doing an excellent job. Uh, just a lot of just so many players have gone through there as well. But that, those are just a few. So congratulations to Incarnate Word Academy and when their new uh, record 
winning streak in the state of Missouri. I'm going to stay with the girls here. I'm going to go with the boys here. We have a couple of, couple of big, small school tournaments along the way. Uh, we got a chance to watch the CLAA uh, tournament championship. These were mainly class one and class two teams right around the northwest part of the state. And it was held at Tina Avalon High School. And it was Higby High School winning the championship. Uh, they defeated... Uh, Brunswick to win the championship and I got a chance to watch the semifinals the night before the finals and it was Higby against Hale Brunswick against Bramer two very exciting games uh, Higby of course has one of the top the top player in the conference and one of the top players in small school basketball class one in particular and Derek Rocket six foot senior guard's been a four year starter led them to a state final four as a freshman four years ago and hoping to do the same thing as a senior but in this game against uh, Hale scored a career high 44 points in this game and really got busy in the fourth quarter because Hale actually took the lead going into the fourth quarter. That's when Rocket really turned it on, scored 14 points and uh, uh, scored, like I say, 44. And of course, he scored well over, I think he's closed in on 2,500 points. He's had a marvelous career at Higby High School. And of course, Jackson Hudson and Danny Jansen are a couple of guys who uh, really provide a lot of good support. Hudson is a six foot three forward who's a very good slasher, really good inside player, provides some inside uh, presence for Higby, the Tigers, and uh, Danny Johnson Johnson uh, is a six three sophomore who can really shoot it from three-point range. He had a game-high eight three-pointers in a first-round game, so he can uh, load it up from three-point range. Brunswick is a team which uh, is very young but very talented, and they're doing some nice things as well. They have a young sophomore point guard in Tay Brown who's got good quickness, really penetrates, but really shoots the three-pointer well. He was very impressive in the win against Bramer in the semifinals, as was uh, Chris Artis, who's also a junior, uh, kind of a long athletic guard, can handle the ball, and he can also shoot the ball as well. Colby Jenkins is another very talented junior who's had a nice year for Brunswick. The young man who really came on strong in this game was uh, came off the bench, a forward named Julius Johnson, a senior. He really uh, came in, provided some inside scoring, was really strong around that paint, and as a matter of fact, he scored the game-winning basket, grabbed the missed shot, banked it off the glass, put it in, and uh, gave uh, Brunswick a one-point win over Bramer, so a very good team, and they're going to be good for a while because there's a lot of good underclassmen for Brunswick. Bramer High School uh, has a pretty good team as well. They had a young man named Jordan Haley, 6'1 junior, who was very impressive, a very thick-bodied guard who had a nice mid-range game. He knew how to create space and get to his spot, and he could either create space with the dribble or use his strength, shoulder you off, and get to his spot and knock down the mid-range range jump shot can also get to the glass and uh, score around that basket they also had another good guard named Dakota Brandon who's just a sophomore who was very good at uh, getting into the basket and uh, finishing as well played with a lot of hustle good motor and now uh, coming off the bench uh, Jordan has a younger brother not a smaller brother his name is Jamison Haley he's a big strong kid looked like an offensive lineman and, you know I like the big ends I talk about the big guys Looked like he was about 275 280 Big wide body young man, but delicate shooting touch from three point range. He came off the bench and hit 
two consecutive three-pointers, one from the corner. Then he hit a trail three off the fast break, just kind of trailed the limb. They caught it and just bopped from 25 feet. I said, oh, okay, big fella, I see you. So it was uh, very impressive to see. And the fourth team I watched, of course, is Hale, which gave Higby all they wanted in the semifinal game. Actually, actually led going into the fourth quarter. And they had a young man named Christian, Christian Kroos, uh, a senior, and he really was lighting it up from three-point range. He had 27 points in the semifinal game. And really, in the third quarter, he got things really popping. Hit three consecutive three-pointers in a row from the corners and uh, really got his team uh, very competitive in the game. They have a couple of really good left-handed guards that are very impressive. Tyson Krakenberger is a 6'2 junior who can really slack, got that slash and swoop game, I call it. He slashes into the lane, and he can swoop in with the finger roll, and he does it either with the left hand, which is his dominant hand, or he does it with the right hand. Very athletic guard and, and impressive. And then Greg Hausman, Hauser, or Hesser, who was a junior, about 5'10", 5'11". I believe he's the son of the coach. And uh, he's not real big, but he really gets a lot of business done in the paint on the drive and can hit the open three-point shot uh, when it's available as well. But he's a fearless young man who really gets in the paint well, a good player. So we have to look at the CLAA, uh, Carol Livingston Athletic Association, I believe that's what it stands for. And then we're going to go south now, and I got a chance to watch the championship of the Ozark Foothills Conference. It was a very good uh, championship game. It was between Greenville and Neelyville, and uh, it was a very competitive game from start to finish, but in the end, it was Greenville coming away with a 70-63 to victory. Very impressive performance, by, as always, by Easton Evans of Greenville, one of the top uh, uh small school players in southwest excuse me southeast missouri he had 25 points in eastern could really shoot it he's a three-level scorer but he can really shoot it from about 25 feet really hit some long range bombs in that game he's strong and can really score at the mid-range and uh, really did an excellent job i also have a young man named trey port another big in about six four big wide body post player he really came on in the fourth quarter bucket after bucket really dominated the action in the low post and uh, I guess after the tournament he recently scored his 1,000th point as well so congratulations on that and uh, that's a big a, a big one-two punch for Greenville meanwhile Neelyville has a very nice 6'4 junior named Casey Stevens who I like uh, he's a can facilitate good playmaker but he also shoots the ball well from the three point and the mid range he had 12 points young man who was their best scorer on this night was Grant Hale a 6'2 post player he scored 20 points on the evening and uh, he really strong around that basket but he also stepped out and knocked down some three point shots as well and uh, Zach Crowley is a freshman really uh, just a freshman but a good athlete about 6 feet 6'1 really played with a good motor really was uh, attacking the basket well and got some buckets also was running out in transit uh, very had a lot of fun watching him play as well. Staying south on that same night, I watched uh, one of the wildest games that you'll ever see. And this is not, <laughs> I mean, the, the fourth quarter alone with this game, it was East Prairie was hosting Kelly. And we're talking just the fourth quarter of this game. It's not even March Madness yet, but this is right out of a March Madness uh, script here. It was uh, it was a good game going on, but all of a sudden Kelly High School, the the whole visiting team goes on a sixteen nothing run, 
and they take a 40 to 24 lead. This is about five, six minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're in total control of the game. All of a sudden, East Prairie puts on a full court press and just dominates the next four and a half minutes or so. And they take a 50 to 44 lead and they have, they have the ball on the free throw line to complete an and one with 50 seconds left and uh, missed the free throw. Then East Prairie comes down. Michael Dollins, I believe their point guard, comes down and hits a three-pointer, pull up from about 22 feet, and cuts the lead back to 50-47. to 47. So after giving up a 20-4 lead, down 50-44 to 44, with 50 seconds left, East Prairie scores the last seven points of the game and wins in stunning fashion, 51-50. to 50. It was unbelievable final five, six minutes of this game. Like you say, something you'll see in the month of March. It was fantastic, unbelievable. So uh, great effort by both of these kids, at both teams, uh, the kids on both teams. A lot of fun watching that one as well. I can only imagine being in the building, witnessing that one in person, the swings of momentum emotionally for the fans of both teams. Uh, it's just a little taster of what you're going to see in the next month so of basketball in the postseason staying in the south of course we had probably the one of the big uh, matchups of the year it was uh, of course the, for the SEMO conference championship mainly it was Sykeston ranked number one and undefeated in class five going up against New Madrid County Central ranked number one and only one loss in class three in defending state champion as well and the game lived up to the hype as well. You, you, there were people out at least two, three hours outside the Sykeston Fieldhouse before game time lining up to get inside. And uh, luckily it was a pretty decent day out, but it didn't matter. It, it could be freezing cold, blizzard. Those folks would be out there. They love their basketball in the boot hill, especially when there's two top teams in this kind of showdown. And it was a special event as well. And they both team, both kids teams responded in kind. Sykeston just had a few too many weapons in this particular game as they defeated New Madrid, as you say, 90 to 76 for the second time this season. They played in the SEMO Conference Championship Tournament in December, and uh, Sykeston won in a very uh, hotly contested game. Star of this game was uh, PJ Farmer. Six foot two junior guard. Of course, he transferred from Charleston after two great years for the Blue Jays, and uh, he was tremendous. He scored a game high 32 points, but PJ really was the star of the show in the first half, really played a level above everybody, and that says something considering the level of talent in this game. He had 22 points, but he also dominated on the defensive end, made steals. He was also setting up teammates for alley oops and jumpers, and of course, he was attacking the basket and uh, kind of doing what he wanted to do. It was a fantastic performance by the All-Stater, D.J. Farmer. But Sykeston's a loaded team, plenty of weapons. Of course, Dontrez Williams, a 6'5", uh, wing forward, one of the best in the state, uh, scored 25 points. He's a very entertaining player, can really soar and dunk the basketball, but also has a beautiful shooting touch from three-point range and just a tremendous athlete as well. And Tristan Wiggins, a powerfully built uh, point guard, scored 19 points in this game. Of course, played his very good on-ball defense. Of course, Wiggins was the star of the first game between New Madrid. He had 25 points and hit five three-pointers in this game. In this game, didn't shoot it as much from three, but down the stretch when New Magic was cutting into the Sykeston's lead, Wiggins took it upon himself to go one-on-one and take guys to the basket and score it in the paint. Very tough kid. I really like him. 
Sykes didn't, excuse me, New Marriage, of course, was led by the great Jadis Jones. He had 31 points and 13 rebounds, a phenomenal effort, as been the case all season with Jadis and B.J. Williamson with 27 points. B.J. really carried them in the first half as they, Sykeson's defense played a little extra attention to Jadis and uh, did an excellent job, but uh, he's knocking down threes, knocking down mid-range jump shots off the triple, one of the more creative bucket getters in the state. So fantastic game as well in the boot hill between those two uh, tremendous teams as well. Wrapping up the boys portion of this particular uh, uh, show here. With, on the 23rd, we got one uh, tremendous game that's just been picked up on the schedule. Vashon High School, which is ranked number one in 4A, will pay a visit to Ledoux High School on uh, the 23rd, the last game of the regular season, kind of a most season tune-up. Of course, Ledoux is ranked number two in class five and they have a tremendous team they went into the class five state championship game last year played a tough game against cardinal ritter and they've only lost uh, uh one game this year that being to a very good uh, very good uh jackson team down in the southeast missouri state uh, so that's a great game for both teams. Of course, Ledoux just picked up a big win against Webster Groves on Tuesday night as well. Uh, Dwayne Foley, of course, one of the top athletes, good defensive player, but just a good balanced team, well coached by Todd Anderson. So that should be a fun game to uh, to watch as we go into the postseason play. Both teams looking for big things as well. So that before we're going we're gonna to go to the girls' action as well, but before we do that, let's... Uh, have a little, uh, we'll tell you a little bit about prep hoops after this timeout. Basketball season is here. And if you want the best statewide coverage, check out our websites, Prep Hoops Missouri and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri. Whether it's in the big cities or small towns or class one all the way up to class six, our Prep Hoops websites will cover the action on a year-round basis with evaluations and player rankings. And make sure to take advantage of our special deal where you can get 30% off your first subscription. Just enter Earl Time 30 in the coupon code and get your discount and follow the great players of the Show Me State. If a kid's got game, Prep Hoops and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri has your name. Get your subscription today. And welcome back to the Earl Time Podcast. And of course, Prep Hoops and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri. This last couple of weeks, we're featuring our updated rankings. Of course, we put in our class of 2027 rankings for boys and girls, our freshman class. And then upcoming next week, it'll be the class of 2025 updated boys and girls rankings. And then we'll follow up with the 2024 rankings. So it's always a good conversation piece around the state. Make sure to get a subscription and check Check it out as well. Also, we like to uh, thank our other sponsor, Log Hill Properties out of Columbia, Missouri. First, the finest in student housing, offering dozens of floor plans and price ranges. That's Log Hill Properties out of Columbia. We really appreciate the support of the Earl Time podcast. Before we go on to the, what's happening with the girls, I want to give a shout out to one more boy I forgot to mention from the Ozark Foothills tournament. Charles Robbins of Clearwater scored a career high. 52 points in the third place game in a win over Twin Rivers. So shout out to Charles Robbins of Clearwater. Moving on to the girls action. 
Uh, as we said, I, we looked at the CLAA boys tournament, but we had a chance to also to look at the CLA uh, girls tournament as well. And much like the boys, it was the Higby Tigers winning the championship. Uh, very impressive uh, uh, victory. Uh, Higby, of course, is um, I enjoyed watching. They play a very fast, up-tempo style of basketball, and they're led by a young lady named Ronnie Welch, a five foot seven junior who probably has as good a motor as far as activity as any player that I've watched in the state, and that's any class. I mean, she is constantly hawking the ball, running all over the place at the top of the press, getting deflections, just all in your business and just causing disruption. And of course, that translates to the offensive end as well, where she's always attacking the basket, playing at full tilt boogie, very effective player. Her sister, Isabel Welsh, is a 5'9 forward who really does her business around the paint, rebounds the basketball well, and really scores around that basket. Young lady named Allie Mitchell had a really good game in the semifinal game that I watched against Harden Central, really shot the ball well. And they also have a sophomore named Lauren Spillman who can really shoot it from three-point range as well. So Tanner Burton has a real good thing going, coaching both the boys and girls. Higby, not only did they win the tournament, conference tournament, but they won the regular season conference champions as well. I think that was the first time in, I think I saw 60 plus years. So congratulations to the Higby Tigers. They defeated Bramer in the championship game. Bramer defeated Brunswick in a very exciting semifinal game. And that game was a battle of side, the size of height of Brunswick against the guard play and speed and quickness of Bramer. And uh, Bramer had a young lady named Lexi Odell, a 5'7 senior. She scored 23 points in that semifinal game. Very good player. Uh, really shot the ball from three-point range as well really drove it also and Carissa Rogers another guard she scored the game-winning basket for Bramer in that game she turned the corner got downhill and threw a layup in with about five seconds to go in the game and they have a young lady named Raleigh Cox who was another very talented guard who was very good at distributing the basketball penetrating kicking out to the three-point shooters or dumping it down inside for easy layups and they had to overcome a really tall and talented Brunswick team which is uh, tall and pretty young too. They have a couple of uh, uh, very good sophomores with size. I think they're going to have real good futures. One is Jocelyn Brown, a sophomore. She's about six feet tall. She's a transfer from Salisbury. I really kind of liked watching her play because she plays with great activity. She was a great rebounder. I think she had about 15, 18 rebounds in the game. Really nice job. Keeps the ball up. She runs the court well. Very active. Good on the post defense and uh, you know puts it in. Just keeps it simple, puts the ball in the basket. But what I like is just that she plays with a lot of activity, plays hard all the time, and with her size, gets a lot of things done. Another good sophomore is Cadence Meyer, who's almost six feet. She's about 5'11", and she handles the ball, very versatile player, and she has a great turnaround jump shot. You know, she gets that ball in the mid-post area, and it's, it's automatic, and she can also handle the ball as well. And another young lady named Emma Stowers, who's a 5'11", senior and she probably was more of a guard she did a lot of the ball handling uh, did a nice job facilitating and can also shoot the ball from three-point range so that was Brunswick finished in third place over Harden Central who had a very talented senior named uh, Libby Pfeiffer who did a nice job kind of a good all-around player as well so that was a look at the CLAA tournament and uh, one pick game that I got a chance to watch 
from the southeast part of the state. Uh, very impressed. Two very impressive teams. It was East Carter and Kennett. And I had a lot of interest in this game because this is the third meeting between these two teams. And uh, East Carter, which was a Class 2 uh, strong team, strong team out of Class 2, defeated Kennett twice already. But on this night, Kennett really uh, came to play and he defeated a good East Carter team by 27 points. It was very impressive. And they have a really strong one-two punch and young, as good a young combination is freshman guard Elise Edwards and sophomore uh, small forward Amaria Johnson. Both of them, you know, lady, these young ladies had 27 points on the evening. Well, Elise Edwards, we've talked about before. She's only 5'2", five, 5'3", five, but got speed galore and really uses it well in the open court and really gets to the basket and can finish on penetrating drives and can hit the three-pointer against the zone. She's averaging close to 30 points a game and has just been marvelous throughout her freshman season. While Johnson is a very talented six foot sophomore forward, I think she's gonna you're gonna hear a lot more from her in the future. She had not only 27 points, but like 13, 14 rebounds, and she's got good length, athleticism. She had one position possession where she blocked a shot in the backcourt, dribbled the length of the court, and knocked down a a, a pull up from 15 feet. That was I like that. I had to rewind the tape so I could see that again. And she has three point range as well. That's that young lady's got big upside. So I had a chance to watch them again the following game against Poplar Bluff, and she had 29 points and was kind of doing a lot of the same thing. So this girl is the real deal, I think. They also had a young lady named Tasia Carter, who's a sophomore, and against East Carter, she has school record 26 rebounds. So that's that's really sweeping the glass. I like that. I like good rebounders as well. Uh, East Carter's a team which made it to the two-way quarterfinals, and uh, they have a very good chance to do some things again this year. They got a very nice uh, a post player in Brianna Dolman, who uh, was an all-stater last year, 6'2", does a good job around that basket, and she'll also step out and hit a three-pointer as well. And Dylan Price, a 5'9", senior guard, who played at Ellington last year, uh, transferred over and has really given them a boost at that guard spot. She kind of does a little bit of everything, scoring, and handles the ball, distributes, and rebounds, and uh, she's one of the better players in that part of the state, is 5'9" senior guard. I believe she's headed to Quincy. Very good ball player as well. So that's going to look at what the girls here, and we're getting ready to take a look at the boys and girls district playoffs. Exciting times coming in the state of Missouri. Now it's time for the best time of the year coming up here. It's postseason basketball. Get started uh, upcoming week with the small schools and classes one, two, and three. Uh, there's not a better time of year. Everybody is back to zero and zero. What you've done between November and this part in the February uh, doesn't matter now. All that matters is when you get your seed. Now everybody's got an opportunity to win a district championship or make some memories in late February in the month of March. And uh, this is what it's all about. It's nothing like it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we're going to start. We're going to kind of take about three or four districts in each uh class. We're not going to talk about all of them. There's 16 boys districts, 16 girls districts. There's 48 in all boys and 48 girls in the classes one through three. If you want to see all of the district pairings, brackets, and times and dates and all that, you can go to the State Association website. That's Misha.org, M-S-H-S-A-A.org, and you can see all of the different brackets and schedules and follow along, just like I do. And, of course, you can watch a lot of the games. If you can't get to 
the gyms yourself, you can uh, get on the Misha.org, Misha TV website. It may cost, cost you a little bit to watch your game, but uh, if you get an opportunity, check out these games in person. There's nothing like postseason high school basketball. It's the best. Of course, we will start with the Class 3 in boys and a few districts we pick out. Of course, District number 3 out of the SEMO area. It features, obviously, the number one seeded New Madrid County uh, Central Eagles and the defending state champions. Of course, they're led by the great Jadis Jones and B.J. Williamson dynamic duo. And they'll be the prohibitive favorites, but by all, no means is this a easy district. Uh, the other three teams in here, are other three top seeds, all have tough teams. Number two seed, Malden, has 18 wins. Third seeded, East Prairie, has 19 wins. And Portageville has 16 wins. So you got a, the top dog in New Madrid, but you also got three very good teams in this region. Southeast Missouri basketball has been very good this year, and this district is a big example why. Another one to look at, I like class th- three district number seven at New Bloomfield in the mid-Missouri area. And the top two seeds of this district are Montgomery County and Herman. These are two teams uh, like neighboring communities with each other. They go back and forth. And these teams have already played twice in the championship games of a couple of tournaments within a week of each other. I believe it was the North Callaway tournament. Montgomery won in the Herman tournament. Herman returned the favor. So wouldn't be be great to see a third meeting between these two teams with a championship on the line. Both teams have good size. And of course, they're very familiar familiar with each other moving to south the southwest part of the state moving to district number 11 at sparta you got three outstanding teams you got top seeded fair grove having an excellent season with 20 wins they got a good big man in tyler barnett a six foot seven senior and of course the home team sparta they have one of the best bigs in the state in jacob lafferty the six six senior who's broken all the school rebounding and scoring records and i'm sure dunking records at Sparta. He's been a good one for four years. And then the third seed is Greenwood, another team with over 20 wins, 21 to be exact. And they have a good big in, in Colin Clark, a 6-7, more of a stretch, handball, handling, jump shooting, 3.67 forward as well. And Garrett Winslow, a 6-6 forward inside. So a lot of good teams in this district. Very good, very competitive. District 13 at Adrian. This interests me because I have two Two primary prime time scorers, scorers in this uh, particular district, bucket getters. Top seeded Adrian is led by Colin Kramer, a 6'4 senior, good athlete, averaged over 20, 25 points a game, could really put the ball in the basket. And Butler has a young man named Carter Trumbore, a 6'1 guard who's averaging close to 30 points a game, had a game uh, 62 points uh, this year against uh, Versailles earlier in a conference game. So these are two teams with real bucket getters. Very entertaining. And the final 3A boys district we're going to look at is district number 14. That's at Summit Christian in the Kansas City area. And the number one seed is Lafayette County and Higginsville. They're 22 and 23 and 2. And there's one of those teams that have just kind of gone along without all the publicity that maybe some other programs get. All the coach owners got 500 wins this year. Congratulations to that. But they've been to the last two final fours and they've graduated top players and here they are again with a top seed and 20 plus wins looking to make another trip not going to be easy because in that the same district summit christian the host team is close to 20 wins they got a good 
base of young talent. Michael Thomas the third is a six five freshman, one of the top freshmen in the state, and they have some pretty good uh, sophomores as well. Carter Jeffries is one that comes to mind, a six four wing player. Lexington is the third seed at sixteen and eight, and they have a very good player in the Mario Moss, six uh, two junior guard. I think he had a fifty ball earlier this year. Can really put the ball in the basket. So that's a look at some of the, a couple of the class three districts. As I said, you want to see all, all the districts, go to Misha.org and check it out. Class two, you have, um, we go to district number seven. This always is one of the toughest districts in the state. And this year is no exception. Of course, it's at Glasgow this year, but you got the defending state champions highlight the field, Salisbury. They're 23 and two, and they are once again led by Cooper Francis, the outstanding 6'4 senior guard who led them to a championship last year as a very good supporting cast as well. Number two seed is New Franklin, a conference champion at 23 and three, and Glasgow follows behind at 17 and seven. Of course, New Franklin and Glasgow played a great game last week in conference play at Glasgow. New Franklin won 81-79, and those two teams Probably will meet in the semifinals later this week. So, a uh, very good district. District number five, a very good, uh, kind of moving toward the Northeast. You got Van Farr, uh, at 20 wins. They got a top seed here. Van Farr is not too far removed from a state championship about four or five years ago. They got Nikos Conaway and Percy Reading, uh, an excellent dynamic duo. Nikos, a 5'10 guard, Pacey, a 6'4 forward guard. Harrisburg is the two seed at 15, they come out of that loaded District 7 and Clopton at 18 and 7. Coach from my man Tony Francis. He features the I've Evans brothers. Good, strong physical players are in that paint area. District number nine in the middle part also has a very good team in Eugene. Uh, one of their ranked number three in the state, I believe, twenty three and three. Very good team as well, and young too. A lot of underclassmen and Newburgh as well. Eighteen wins as well. Very good guard play from Newburgh. District 10 in the southwest part of the state. They're led by always good Hartville, led by Jalen Cryer. Uh, they won a, course, a couple of state championships recently, back-to-back in Class 3. Down after a transition year, they moved back to, down to Class 2, made it to the Final Four last year, and have a good nucleus back looking to make another run. They're joined by Gainesville and Norwood, two very good teams as well. And moving northwest is District Number 16. You got two very good Good teams in Maysville, twenty-two and one, and Princeton, uh, twenty and three. Two very good teams as well. We're going to move now to class number one, and that's going to start with the southern part of the state. And we got a good team in uh, District Two. It's uh, Risco. Uh, Tigers, very very impressed with them. Seen them a couple of times this year. They've won a couple of good tournaments led by Sammy Smith, a very young nucleus as well for Coach Blankenship, and Richland Essex, a team that's won 19 games right there on their heels as well. Probably the best district, or one of the best, is uh, district number four. Three quality teams led by Eminence. They're their number one seed at 15 and seven. Uh, good team, strong player inside as well. Good 
the inside outside play. This, uh, and the two seed is Niangua. Uh, they've won close to 20 games. They won the Walnut Grove tournament. They have a dynamic duel in Ethan Sheets and uh, um, Montgomery as well. They're very good, very good basketball team, and they can score a lot of points as well. They've had a couple of games where they're upper 80s, upper 90s. They're very entertaining. And Chadwick checks in at the number three seed with 21 wins. And of course, they're led by Clayton Garrison, one of the most dynamic athletic players in class one. Uh, he's about 6'3", junior, uh, very good basketball player. So district number four, excellent uh, teams. District 16, moving to the Northwest, this should be a good one as well. you got Platte Valley, no stranger to success in Class 1, winning districts, winning states, getting the Final Fours, and they have another good team at 22-3, and three, led by Alex Matson, the returning All-Stater. Rockport, 18-5, and five, and also Worth County, 16-3. and three. Two very good teams trying to challenge Platte Valley. And finally, district number nine, uh, led by 20 and 5, uh, Sacred Heart out of Sedalia. And then, of course, Kingsville, the number two seed with 17 wins, led by Big John Fleeman, the 6 foot 11 sophomore center. So that's kind of a look at the boys' districts. Of course, those were just a few picks districts we've seen around. Of course, there's so many other contenders we haven't mentioned. Of course, you got uh, Plattsburgh and Class 2, South Iron and Class 1 top dogs as well. They're looking for the three-peat in Class 1. So those were a few other ones to look at as well. But once again, it'll be on to the girls next. Plenty of girls district basketball too as well to talk about. Of course, we'll start with Class 3 and uh, start around the St. Louis, not only metropolitan, around Jefferson County area and the Parkland area, district number three. You got St. Pius out of Festus, the number one seed at 19 and five, followed by Jefferson, 17 and seven, Arcadia Valley, third seed at 16 and eight. St. Pius is a very good team. Brooke Blankenship, a 6-1 forward, one of the better inside players in the class of 26. P.J. Krodiger, a good guard play, good guard, recently scored her 1,000th point. Arcadia Valley, led by Braylon Turnbull, had a tremendous freshman campaign as well, doing a nice job for AV, getting them 16 wins. Moving to the Northeast, we got a very good district. As always, this part of this country, very good in girls basketball. It's hosted by Palmyra, and the host uh, team, Palmyra, will get the first seed, and they've won close to 20 games. I believe they're at 19 now, and a conference championship, the Clarence Cannon Conference Champions, and uh, they got a very good team, Sarah Williams is an excellent point guard. Kendra King is an excellent uh, uh, post player, also an outstanding track athlete as well. Very good basketball team, a lot of talent. South Shelby is the number two seed at 19 wins as well. Uh, very good uh very good team. Bell Roush, 5'9 forward, excellent uh, inside player. Highland is a three seed, 16 and 8 uh, team. And Monroe City, 14 wins and a four seed with a winning record. That shows you the balance and depth of this particular district. Moving to the center of the state, we have uh, at North Callaway, and this is another district that's very loaded. A lot of competitive basketball from day one on to the championship game. One seed is Montgomery County. 
Uh, they've won 21 games. I ch- saw them a couple of weeks ago at the Herman Tournament. They're very good. Centralia moved down to Class 3 uh, at 20 wins. They're the two seed, and uh, they're an outstanding uh, basketball team with a chance to make a run as well. Father Tolton is the three seed with 14 wins. A very young team, Simone Walker, an outstanding freshman. North Callaway is the four seed with 18 wins. And the fifth seed is Herman at 14 and 11, and they got a tremendous player in Ava Hughes as well, a junior uh, swing player, guard forward. So uh, a lot of depth in this particular district as well. Should be some very competitive basketball. District number 10 in the southwest part of the state, you got a good team in Licking at 19-6. and six. Uh, They're the top seed, followed by Mount View Liberty uh, at uh, 17-8, and eight, and Willow Springs, and Chloe Jones, a high-level bucket getter, just a sophomore as well. So uh, very good, three very good teams and some very good players in this tournament. Speaking of loaded districts, we'll go to District 11, staying in the southwest part of the state, where you have Fair Grove, who's the defending state champions. Uh, they've already won a few tournaments. They won their own Fairgrove tournament, which I attended. And they're a junior-dominated team as well, so uh, look for them to be around for a while. But chasing them is Stratford at number two, and Sparta, which had a really strong season as well as the third seed. So some very good teams at the Springfield Catholic District, number 11. Finally in class uh, uh, three, uh, district number 15 at East Buchanan, you got undefeated Lathrop. They finished a regular season at 24-0, and an outstanding year for Lathrop. And uh, facing them is the two seed is Bishop LeBlanc moving up to Class 3. They were, of course, the Class 2 state runner-up this year. Have another very good team as well. So a lot of potential Lathrop-LeBlanc championship game in the district uh, could be a very good one as well. We're going to move over to Class number 2, and we're going to start uh, the kind of the southwest, uh, southeast part of the state, a little kind of in between there a little bit. District number two, we have some very, very good teams. You have Fair uh, is the top seed at 16 and 7. And I was very impressed to watch them last week against Alton. And uh, Thayer is a team we usually hear about their boys, but their girls are very good this year. Number two seed, who we talked about, East Carter with 20 wins. They were a quarterfinalist last year. And the aforementioned Alton Comets, they're the three seed with 21 wins. So very, very good district. District number four, we have uh, Principia out of St. Louis with Deja Scott, the top freshman in the state. They're the top seed, followed by Perryville, St. Vincent, and New Haven. New Haven was a fourth-place finisher in Class 2. They got good size inside this year, the Shamrocks. Moving to the uh, center, we have District 7. We talked about the boys with well, the girls. It's a very pretty good competitive district. Salisbury has a good team, 19-5. and five. A young lady named Janelle Sloan I really like. Westrand at 17-9. and nine. I saw them earlier in around Christmas time at Moberly Shootout. And Fayette, 17-7, and seven, a good young, talented team. Oakley Hill, six-foot junior, kind of leads the way for them. So three very good teams. District number 11 at Crane, very good team. Blue Eye, uh, number one seed at 17 and 8, followed by Crane and Fortland, all of them around that 17 win mark. Spokane, a team that's uh, the four seed, pretty solid as well. 
two other districts right around the same part of the state, District 12, uh, two teams, both around 20 wins. Miller is the top seed, followed by Marionville. And then in District number 13, Urbana Skyline with 22 wins. Marion C. Early with 15 is the two seed. Ashgrove, good young team. They are the third seed with 15 wins. Now we're going to go over to class number one. Of course, it's the, the lead team, of course, is the Meadville High School, who have been undefeated for the last two years. They were 31-0 last year, delivered by Corey Holser and the Carver Hall sisters, uh, Paige and Madison, daughters of Coach Steve Carver Hall. Uh, they'll be one of the favorites to try to get back and try to defend their state championship. Who's going to try to sh- knock them off their perch? Well, let's see. Looking at district number two at Mount View Liberty, good teams there. You got Chadwick, who who was in the state championship game against Meadville last year and uh, Delta top seed followed by South Iron and Bunker a good young team as well in district six two very good teams Hume is the top seed 22 and two and the number two seed is host liberal 20 and five Uh, district number five at Blair Oaks and and Wardsville you got St. Elizabeth a team that's kind of had some success uh, uh, in class one lately and they're very good at 18. We talked about Higby out of the CLA with 18 and 6, two seed, and Community, our six, is the third seed. Moving north, we got uh, uh, Northwest, I should say, in district number 11. Mercer is 21 and 2, very good team there, the top seed. Princeton is 19 and 5. Green City, led by six, Jaron Hatcher, nice six foot sophomore, is uh, 16 and 8 and the third seed. And last district we want to look at is uh, District 16, Platte Valley, of course, no stranger to uh, championship basketball, a couple of state championships, and a third place finish in the last three years. They're the one seed to 23 and 1. Nottaway Holt at 21 and 4, very good team. Ava Graham, a six foot senior excellent player from this uh, junior Rockport at 17 and 6 North East Nottaway at 15 and 8 also looking very good this year so uh, very good uh, class one also want to make special mention of Delta uh, in district number one they're a team that's had a lot of success too uh, playing that up and down pressing a lot of good guard play as well they're looking to make another run in class one as well but as you said those kind of a look at some of the selected districts but as we said if you there's if you want to see all the brackets all the all the the times dates and everything go to misha.org and check out uh, all of the action as well looking forward to bringing this because the winners of these districts will move on to sectional play which will be next wednesday i believe at host sites and we'll be talking not only about the sectionals but then the upcoming uh, quarterfinal games in our next show as well. I mean, by the time we come on the quarter sectionals, quarterfinals, we'll, we'll be letting you know what's going on as we head closer to the state tournament in class one, two, and three. And of course, the next week's show, we'll start previewing some of the big schools, four, five, and six, as they start to get going in district play as well. So that's a look at what's going on around the state. We really appreciate you joining on another 
episode of the Earl Time Podcast. Of course, we'd like to thank our sponsors, as always, TW Constructors. Thank you, Todd Weaver, Log Hill Properties, and Justin Faust out of State Farm, out of St. Charles, Missouri. And of course, our very young and talented producer, Richard Austin Jr. Everybody, just buckle up. We're here. State tournament time. It's upon us. Let's have some fun, and we'll see you soon.